Hello and welcome to the Wellspring Tabernacle Podcast. Wellspring Tabernacle is a Bible-based Trinitarian Christian church in Marble, North Carolina. We seek to impact our community through preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and may God bless. Good morning, good morning. Um, We're going to take a break from going through uh, John's gospel today. Um, And here in just a moment, we're we're set to start chapter two, and I'm very, very excited about that, but I was... I just kind of feel led in this direction this morning. Um, If you have a Bible, turn over to uh, Judges chapter 16. Um, I will, on on the the outset, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is an idea that I am certainly going to revisit, but um, in the future. But I want us to look at it this morning um, because we live in a world that's divided. We're divided by the color of our skin. We're divided by our political affiliation. We're divided by the food we eat. If you eat meat, then you're a bad person. If you don't, then you're a good person. We're divided by just crazy, crazy things. And, And that division has bled into the church of the living God. We're divided by age, we're divided by denomination, we're divided by Bible translations, and we will make impossible mountains out of secondary and tertiary or third level doctrines. All right, let me just give a a, a little synopsis. All right, there are in, in within Christianity we have primary doctrines. All right, those are doctrines that you must believe them in order to be a Christian. All right, you have to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. All right. there, are, there are primary doctrines that we all believe in. There, but then there are secondary doctrines. Um, and some of these secondary doctrines now, are th- and, and secondary doctrines are things the Bible talks about, but doesn't say one way or the other. Um, and, you know the continuation or the cessation of spiritual gifts. Now, I know that we all believe the Bible very clearly teaches in their continuation, but whether or not someone believes that does not have any bearing on whether that person is saved or not. Um, and this this is going to come as a shocker to a lot of people, but um, the doctrine of the Trinity is also a secondary doctrine. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that you have to believe in the triune Godhead in order to be saved. What does it say that we must believe in order to be saved? We have to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ in order to be born again. All right, now, um, and th- that's one example. End times is another example of a secondary doctrine. How many churches do we know of that have split over whether they believe in the pre-trib rapture or not? All right, pre-millennial, post-millennial, all-millennial, all these things are secondary. They don't matter. How, and, and here's a big one. How many, and this is a this is a tertiary doctrine. This is a third level doctrine. Nowhere in Scripture does it say anything about what Bible translation we're supposed to use. That's right. 
whether King James, New King James, right. New Living Translation, English Standard Version, the Bible doesn't say anything about that. Right. That's a third level doctrine. In other words, third level doctrines, tertiary doctrines, are your opinion. Um, women wearing pants. All right. The Bible says nothing about women wearing pants, and I don't want anybody to run to Deuteronomy about the whole, you know, a woman can't wear that that pertains to a man. Okay, that was that pants wasn't invented until the 1400s. So I promise you that the writer of Deuteronomy wasn't thinking about britches when he wrote, when he penned that. All right, but those are just some examples of, of what I'm talking about. But Christians will look for every reason imaginable to divide over things rather than looking at what unites us. And this constant division has decimated the church. All right, I, I remember a story I heard one time that there was a church, there, there was a series of churches along the side of a road, okay? There was... Old Vision Baptist Church. Two miles down the road was New Vision Baptist Church, um, and then and then you know on down the road was was just Vision Baptist Church. Pretty soon they're going to divide again, and it's going to be no Vision whatsoever Baptist Church. All right, well here and I and I know I it, the, when I heard it it was Baptist churches, but you can amend that for whatever church you want to see. All right, but here's the thing: is we will look for every reason to divide rather than looking at what unites us. We attack good gospel preaching churches and individuals because they don't do things the way we do them. All right, and in our area, this is true about a lot of things: preaching styles. Bible: If a man's not shouting and jumping up and down, then he's not preaching. All right, show me that in the Bible. You won't find it. All right. Bible translations. We've already talked about that. The beliefs on the end times and quote unquote old time religion divide and split more churches than they have ever started or united. And this constant division is one of the greatest tools in the devil's arsenal. The devil knows that as long as he can keep division between young and old, black and white, Baptist and charismatic, that the work of the kingdom will suffer. And that's why it behooves us this morning to not look for those things that divide, but look at those things that unite us. If a person is saved and lives a life that honors God and is dedicating to spreading the gospel, it shouldn't matter whether they speak in tongues, believe in a pre-trib rapture or use a King James Bible. We should look at those precious holy things that unite us. The cross, the blood, the spirit, salvation by grace through faith, the word of God, and the promise of a soon coming king. In the book of Judges we find this morning the familiar story of a man named Samson. Samson was chosen by God and anointed with great strength. He was a Nazarene. And he had vowed to never cut his hair or shave his beard. He had taken the Nazarite vow that he would never cut his hair or shave his beard. And that because of that, that he, and there were more things in the vow that went with it, but that was a big part of it. And his strength, keeping his strength, was in his hair. However, Samson abused that that God had given him, and eventually he fell into the clutches of a woman named Delilah, found himself captured by the Philistines, had his head shaved, and his eyes gouged out. And he was used as a beast of burden made to turn a grinding stone. But over time, his hair grew back. 
He was an old man. He was blinded and abused, but he had strength. All right, I want us to look at this text really quickly. And starting in verse 25 of Judges chapter 16, the Bible says, And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport. And they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad, that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may fill the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And they were upon the roof about three thousand men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and one which it would and on which it was borne up, and of one, the one with his right hand and the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all of his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Father, we thank you for this day. We pray, God, that you would move in this service. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. But Samson knew that his life was going to end. And oh, what a life he had led. All right. He was the one that was remembered for slaying thousands with the jawbone of a donkey. All right. He was the one who took foxes and braided their tails together and put firebrands in their tails and burned down the fields of his enemies. He was the one that was known for this great insurmountable strength but he came to a place where he was blinded and where his strength had been taken from him and they finally decide that they're going to make sport of him they're going to make mock him and make fun of him and what they didn't recognize and what they didn't realize was that even though his head had been shaven that his hair had started to grow back and as that hair started to grow back his strength began to return bit by bit so we see Samson blinded and led up to be made sport of he's an old man by this time all right listen to me all right the bible says and he called for a lad to help him, a young boy. We call him youth today. All right, I want you to listen, and I want you to listen well. We need the strength. All right, Samson had the strength of that old generation, and we need that today in the church of the living God. We need the strength of those that have gone through some things. All right, we need the strength of those that can testify and tell you of what God can bring, what God brings you to, that He'll bring you through. We need the strength of these of this older generation but we've got to have vision all right samson can't see anything his eyes have been gouged out so what did the bible say he said he called for the lad he he said hey just help me see right here just for a minute all right these older generation they know what it takes to get through but they can't see what this younger generation can see all right but we need the older generation to encourage us to keep fighting and to keep working and to keep 
keep on keeping on. But we also need the vision of the young generation. We need the vision to be able to reach the generations that aren't reached yet. You combine the God-given vision of the young generation with the God-given strength of the old. And we will have a church that will make empires fall. And the enemy knows this. He knows this. He knows that as long as he can keep dad mad at his son and mama mad at her daughter and grandpa mad at grandson and grandma mad at granddaughter, he knows that he will be able to divide us over things like, well, back when I was your age or you're too old to understand or my personal favorite, that's not the way we used to do things. (laughs) That he will not only he knows he'll not only stunt the growth but the movement of the church. And if we are to move forward together, we have to have synergy. Now I know that's a word you may not have heard before, but synergy is is very important in the church. And here's the definition. It's the interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, or other agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. All right, The old can work and they can do all that they can do and the young can work and do all that they can do, but they will never reach the potential. They will never achieve what they could achieve working separately like they can working together. For us to move forward, (coughs) we can't let a silly little thing like age separate us. We must not only interact, all right? We see lots of interaction Sunday in and Sunday out, but we must cooperate. When we cooperate, when we work together, the church will have an effect on the world like never before. Rather than fighting over what music we listen to in the church, whether it's hymns or whether it's contemporary, find use both. Find songs that honor God from both genres. All right. Rather than saying you, you that you need to dress a certain way and that you need to look a certain way, you don't need to dress like they did in the 1940s and 50s to see God move in the house of God. All right, I don't, I've got to the point. Listen, I've got to the point this morning that I don't care. I don't care what church is, what's what name is on your church sign. I don't care if you come in with a suit and tie on, or if you come in in a t-shirt and blue jeans. I don't care if you're wearing nice designer shoes or you come in barefoot. It does not matter to me. What matters to me is one thing and one thing only: that I will give you that that I first received: that Christ was buried. A According to the Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, that he was seen of the twelve, and he was seen of all the brethren that watched him ascend. Alright, the gospel is what matters. And I don't care if you're 18 or if you're 80, if you've got the gospel and you're wanting to see souls saved and the kingdom move forward. That's what matters. That's right, that's right. But instead of looking down on older people because they don't they don't see what we see, and instead of the, the old looking down on the young because they're doing things differently, this is what we need to do. Older generation, take those younger generations alongside you. Gather them up as daughters and sons and teach them why 
you are the way you are. Let them know. Teach them. All right. And here's the th here's here's the thing. Take them alongside and show them. That it still takes the old, old story about the Savior that That's came right. from glory. But the way of presenting that story can be revitalized to reach any and all people. So why does synergy matter? Why does it matter? Because of what Jesus said. He said every kingdom that's divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And I want you to let those words sink in this morning and let them permeate every fiber of your being. We are citizens and representatives of the kingdom of God, both young and old. Why are churches losing members and things not going the way they used to? Because the kingdom is divided. We're divided over doctrines. We're divided over age groups. We're divided and we shouldn't be. And I've gotten to the point where I don't care who it is or what name they've got on the church. If they're Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, charismatic, non-denominational, as long as they are preaching the gospel in power and demonstration of the Spirit of God, that is all that matters. I'm for them. Doesn't matter. Let the divisions crumble and let us unite around the gospel. Let today be the day that division ends. Let today be the day that mothers and fathers in the faith take their spiritual children under wing and pour into them. Let today be the day when the strength of the old and the vision of the young come together under the banner of Calvary and the church march into the future for the glory of God. Will we do that? They would nothing thrill my soul more. Nothing in this world would thrill me more than to see an old, grizzled mountain preacher that has stood and preached for years take under wing a young, what he might call a long-haired hippie, take one of them under wing and teach them why they believe. To instruct them. Teach them. Pour into that life. Don't let... Don't. This is one of the biggest problems we've got in the in the church today is there's no discipleship that happens in the church. There's zero discipleship that happens in the church, alright? I can't prove it by the Bible, alright? The only time that that young lad is mentioned is when he helped Samson get his hands on those pillars, alright? But I just wonder if it might be that at night when, when, the, when, when Samson wasn't hooked to the grinding stone, might it be that while he laid in his cell at night that he reminisced for anybody who was listen about things that God had brought him to. Maybe he yeah. told stories about when he slew those Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Maybe he told about how his mother had prayed to be blessed with a son. Maybe he told stories about catching the foxes and lighting their tails on yeah. fire. Maybe he told of what all God had done through him and that young Philistine lad heard it and yes. wanted to get closer to Samson. Friend, let me, let me explain something to you here this morning. It does not matter. It does not matter about young or old. It takes both. It takes both to reach this generation. Because we've got a generation that's coming up that's looking for something 
real. They're looking for something tangible. They're looking for something that will change their life. And the more we allow petty differences to divide the church, the more these people aren't going to want anything to do with us. My dream for Wellspring Tabernacle is to have old and the older generation when when we see people when we see people born again I hope to see the older generation take these young ones alongside them and pour into them. I want to see synergy. I want to see not only interaction but cooperation happen. And when we see that, when that happens, we will see things happen in this church and in our community like we've never seen before. Let it never be said that Wellspring Tabernacle is too old-fashioned for some or too, or too modern for others. We need both this morning. And like I said, I hadn't, fle- I hadn't really fleshed this out all that much. I'm going to later on, and we will come back and visit this, but I want us to understand that a kingdom divided against itself cannot and will not stand. Division has never united anything. That's right. As obvious as that is, for me to have to make that statement, division has never united anything. That's right. But I'm glad to know this. You hear me, and I I just thank you, Lord. I just this just hit me. In the Old Testament, the Bible talks about a wild olive branch Mm -hmm. that was grafted into the main tree. How and when those two got separated, I don't know. How and when the the established church divided itself from the church that's out there. Y'all, there there are people that God is saving. God is wooing and drawing them to Himself that feel like they don't belong anywhere. Because they're not old-fashioned enough for the old-time crowd, and they're not. But they're at the same time they're not modern enough for the wide-open, you know, liberal contemporary yeah. crowd. They're looking for a place where they can come together. They're looking for a place where those two things meet. And I'm just crazy enough to believe God enough to say that this is it. Amen. Amen. I'm just crazy enough to say that Wellspring Tabernacle is that place. We're that place where old and young can come together. We're that place where the synergy of the kingdom will flows. I look back on my life and I think about the older people that poured into me as a young man. It started with my parents, of course. They poured into me what, what they needed. And then I had others take me alongside and take me under wing and pour into my life and help me. But but now I've gotten to a place now to where the older crowd that poured into me, they don't want anything to do with me anymore because I've I've gone beyond where they are. Moving beyond where someone is is not a bad thing. 
As long as you're not, as long as you're not falling off the road into heresy, and as long as you're not, you know, doing things that are outside of orthodoxy, that's right. That's right. then, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with with moving on. All right, we we don't still shoot flintlock muskets for a reason. The bolt action got invented. All right, we're still not driving carbureted vehicles for a reason because fuel injection came along. All right, we're not using rotary phones anymore because we now have cell phones. I, I, I just, I can't understand why the moving further mindset has somehow stopped with the church. We think we have to do things a certain way that were done a long time ago for them to be done well and to be done right. And I'm sorry that's not the case. No, it's not. We have to have the strength, just just like Samson, all right? He had the strength, but he had to have somebody with vision to show him where where to put his hands to where that strength could be of the most use. And what does the Bible say about vision? It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. God forbid that this morning. And I know that this, you know, this wasn't my usual, you know, expository method, that this was more topical, but it was still something that needed to be brought out. That we have to have synergy. We have to have not only interaction, but cooperation for the church to move forward. And we do that through the kingdom of God. So I pray this morning that division would crumble in us this morning. Let it start here, God. Let it start with us. Lord, we don't want to behold the mote that's in our brother's eye without looking at the beam that's in our eye first, God. Let it start here. Let it start here. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings of life and and what you've given us. And God, this morning we pray that division would crumble. God, we pray that synergy would be found in the house this morning. We pray that we would look to both young and old for strength and for vision to move forward for your glory. And God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wellspring Tabernacle Podcast. If you feel led to do so, please give us a review on the platform of your choice. And if you would like to reach out to us further, please email us at wellspringtabernaclenc at gmail.com. Until next week, may God bless you.